want you to know that blood covers you. And by that blood, the devil lost the three most important keys he had. The key to death, the key to hell, and the key to the grave. It's gone. And now Jesus holds them. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Sometimes in the back of our minds, we unknowingly agree with the enemy who is condemning us. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series on disarming your giants with a look at how to disarm the giant of condemnation. We all know what the Bible says about Christ's forgiveness. Through his blood, all of our sin and its attendant guilt is washed away. Yet living the reality of that on a day-to-day basis is not so easily done. We easily slip into the condemnation trap and allow the enemy to beat us down with reminders of all our mistakes and shortcomings. And in today's message on Life Talk, we're going to look at how to disarm the giant of condemnation and truly walk in the peace and fulfillment of God's forgiveness. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, Disarming the Giant of Condemnation. And if you've been born twice, which every person has to be to be saved, then there's no condemnation to them that are in Jesus. Now, condemnation can come from several sources. And I'm going to talk about three of them real quickly. Condemnation comes from first, sinful actions that result in legitimate guilt. You see, some condemnation is rightly deserved because if we've sinned against God, then we should be guilty for what we have done. Listen to what Paul said. He wrote in Romans 2.15, they, now talking about the lost world, that's the they, they, the pagan lost world, demonstrate that God's law is written in their heart for their own conscience and thoughts, either accuse them, telling them they've done wrong, or excuse them, telling them they've done right. So we have inside of us, as human beings created by God, we have a conscience. Now, it's not always perfect. A lot of times it's dull. Sometimes it's seared and it's dead because we've sinned so much we've killed it. But taken as a whole, God gave us a conscience. He has written his word in our hearts so that we know right from wrong. We know when we've done good or bad And if we do good, that conscience is like an umpire inside of us, and it says, safe. But if you do bad, that conscience says, out. I was talking to an agnostic woman one time. She was kind of an agnostic atheist and giving me all these reasons why she didn't believe in God. I said, let me ask you a question. You're a very moral woman. And I knew that she had a real strong ethic, a moral ethic. I said, where did you get those morals? Where did you get that sense of right and wrong that you've got? Where did you even get consciousness? 
When you do something wrong, how do you know you did something wrong? Where did that come from? She looked at me and said, you got me there. Because you see, it came from God. The laws demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts. They know right from wrong. So if we break God's law, then we're going to feel guilty and rightly so. So that's one source of condemnation. There's a second one. This is huge. And what I'm about to share with you, sadly, a lot of Christians live their whole life and they never fully comprehend what I'm about to share with you. And that's why they live under condemnation. Condemnation comes from an inadequate understanding of what Jesus' blood did for us. See, Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and that truth is going to set you free. Well, we think the truth is only talking about the person of Christ, that we will know him as our Savior, and that will set us free. But it's more than that. It's higher than that, deeper than that, broader than that. It means you will know the truth, everything Jesus taught and everything that is in the Word of God, and that is what will set you free. This book is a supernatural book. There's no other book like it on planet Earth. This is the only book on Earth that didn't come from Earth. And the truth in it will set you free. And one of the things we really need a revelation on is what the blood did for us. And if we can just have that go from our head to our heart, We will leave this place roaring like a mighty lion. Because it says the righteous are bold as a lion. And that means when your conscience gets totally clear and you really do know that you've been liberated and redeemed and the prison door has been opened and you have walked out, then you want to tell everything that moves that Jesus is the one that sets you free. Amen? Now... To do that, we've got to understand two kinds of truth. The Bible presents two kinds of truth. Here they are. The first kind is positional truth. The second kind is experiential truth. Can you say it with me? Positional? Experiential. Two kinds of truth. Let me tell you what they mean. Positional. Positional truth has to do with how God sees you what he has spoken over you, and where he has placed you now that you are in Jesus Christ. He has totally, completely forgiven you. Now, let me give you an example of positional truth. The Bible says, we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, no, because I'm seated right here in Turning Point Church. On a Sunday morning, after daylight savings time, I made it anyway. I'm here. You are here. But let me tell you how God sees you. He sees you signed, sealed, and delivered. He sees you already in heaven, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is your position in God. So you say, well, well, when I die, then my eternal life will begin. Your eternal life has already begun. The moment you got saved, you were translated and transferred into eternal life. You are an eternally live person right now. And so positionally, you are in heaven seated with Christ, but experientially, you are here right now. Here's another positional truth, and this is what we got to get a hold of. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins Then in exchange, he poured God's righteousness into 
us. Now, let me give you a positional truth. You're not going to believe me, but I'm going to tell you the truth anyway. You, if you're in Christ, are as righteous as Jesus was. You say, no, I'm not. I sin. I mess up. I make mistakes. In the eyes of God, positionally, you are as righteous as Christ. Let me put it another way. When you got saved, God put on sunglasses. S-O-N, glasses. And he never takes them off once you're saved. And those sunglasses are tinted red. He sees you through the blood. He deals with you through the blood. He declares you righteous by the blood. You are sanctified by the blood. You are justified by the blood. You are glorified by the blood. God looks at you and says, righteous, sanctified, justified, glorified. Positional. Doesn't matter whether or not you feel like it. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 from another translation. Listen to this. For our sake, he made Christ to be sin who knew no sin. In all points, he was tempted like we are, yet without sin, so that in and through him we might become endued with, viewed as being in the righteousness of God. You know why you and I are going to be raptured, those of us that are in Christ? You know why you're going to be raptured? Because when God comes to retrieve and receive the bride of Christ, when Jesus comes, he sees you as pure as the driven snow, positionally You are righteous. Now, if that can get from here to here, you're in great shape because then you can really walk free of condemnation. That's positional truth. And the Bible is full of positional truths. What God has spoken over us, what he's done with us, the way he sees us, now that we're in the blood. But if you have a bad day, good day, long day, short day, sick day, well day, it doesn't really matter. Positionally, you are still in Christ and bear and carry the righteousness of Christ. What a deal. Jesus hanging on the cross took my sins and your sins upon himself. And he became sin for us. Then he took his righteousness and placed it on you and me. And God took our sin and placed it on him. I got the good end of that deal. And so did you. Amen? Now, we come to experiential truth. Positional truth is what God has positioned you in, the way God views you now that you're in Christ, what he has declared over you. But experiential truth is the day-to-day reality of our walk with God on earth, our ups and downs, successes and failures, what we experience every single day as a child of God. It's our experience in time and space on planet earth And as long as we're here, we're going to be experiencing experiential truth. Now, let me give you a newsflash. In our daily experience with God, we are not perfect. Anybody in here perfect? Now, in God's eyes, you are. But experientially, we're all growing up. Amen? We sin. We fall short. We disappoint God. We may backslide or get caught up in some kind of a sinful habit and so on. But here's what's going on. We are growing from spiritual infanthood into maturity 
And that process is messy. How many of you have had a baby? If you've had a baby, was that a clean experience? You got that little guy, and the first thing they do is mess. And it's messy to raise a baby. It's a mess, but it's such a joy. And listen, spiritual children are no different. We're messy. We have dirty diapers. We cry and whine and throw fits and all these things as we grow up in Christ. And so the absolute truth, the positional truth always remains the same while experientially we're growing up in Jesus every single day. And it's messy and it's bumpy. And sometimes you fall and skin your knees, but that's the way it is growing in Christ. Now, John talks about our day in and day out experiential walk this way. Listen to what he says. This is 1 John 1 verse 8. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. I told both other services, I wish that I could read that on ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, and yes, Fox. I wish I could read that one thing. Because our nation seems to think that we are righteous and we are good and we are holy and everything we're doing is right. But the Bible says you're not getting anywhere until you realize that we have sin. And if we say that we have no sin, we're fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. We don't have a crime problem, drug problem, immorality problem, perversion problem. We have a sin problem. And only one thing deals with sin. And that is the blood-soaked cross of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that deals with sin. Now, John says, if we practice repentance by confessing our sins, we are cleansed, our conscience is kept clear, and we have fellowship with God and with one another. Now, watch carefully. John calls this walking in the light. He says, you want to walk in the light? Then admit that you have sin and confess your sins And folks, I advise keep short accounts with God because this is talking about keeping the fellowship with him alive. See, when you as a believer sin, you don't lose your sonship or your daughtership. Well, I sinned. And so God must have said, you're not my kid anymore. And then you're over here, not his kid anymore. And then you repent. He said, okay, you're my kid again. And you go back and forth. How many millions of times would you be disowned and brought back into God's family if that was the truth? No, that's crazy. You don't lose sonship when you sin or daughtership when you sin. You lose fellowship when you sin. You lose fellowship. And so the reason that we've got to keep short accounts with God is so that we can keep the fellowship, that vertical fellowship, that life-flowing Spirit, present fellowship with God. John said, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, you keep short accounts with God and you give him your sin and you don't let anything come between you and him, if or when you mess up, you say, God, forgive me. That is the number one way to disarm the giant of condemnation. Keep short accounts with God. And here's the promise. If we are living in the light, As God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, ongoingly cleanses us from all sin. So we have, we have one kind of truth, that absolute truth, 
where I am forgiven. He sees me through those sunglasses and he never takes them off. And then there is experiential truth where every day I keep it clean. Every day I stay close. Every day I walk with him. Now, if that's what you're doing, if you're walking in the light and you're a born again child of God, you should not be experiencing condemnation. And if you are, there's only one other reason it can be there. And you know his name. His name is Satan, split hoof, diabolos, the devil, the deceiver. And one of his stocks and trade is condemnation. His condemnation is designed to tear you down, wear you down, and wear you out through spiritual warfare. Paul said, don't ever forget, you're not battling flesh and blood, but you're battling principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, rulers of the darkness of this world. If you're a child of God, you've got a bullseye on your chest, and we have ever got to be alert and aware that the enemy is going to attack us, especially when we really dedicate ourselves to the Lord and begin to be used by him. I never met the devil until I fully yielded to Jesus Christ and fell in love with him. Then I came under attack. He is an accuser. He is a condemner. In the book of Revelation, John pulls back the veil and he lets us see what happens in heaven. He says in Revelation 12, verse 9, And the great dragon, the devil, was thrown down. The serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Satan has deceived the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren. Did you hear his name? The accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before God day and night. So Satan's got a full-time job. His full-time job is he goes to the throne of God and he begins to attack you and me. Did you see what they did? Did you see what they said? Do you know what their motives really are? You see how carnal they are? Blah, 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 blah. He does this 24-7. You know what God says? God turns his attention to the blood. You're right about all those things, but that's experiential. I'm not dealing with experience. I'm dealing with who they are in my son. Look at the blood. Now Satan, get out of here because they're covered in the blood. They're righteous in the blood. Very, very serious. We've got to learn how to recognize the voice of the enemy. Because when you think that thought about not being worthy, I shouldn't be in church. I should not uh, be ministering. I should not be witnessing because look at who I am and look at what I've done. If you are saved and you have kept short accounts with God and you have repented of your sin, that should not be there. You need to recognize the enemy. He shoots fiery darts, fiery arrows. He draws the bow. He puts an arrow in the bow. The tip of the arrow is on fire. It's a fiery arrow. It can be on fire with lust, fear, hate, greed, doubt. But it can also be on fire with condemnation. And he draws it and he shoots it into the theater of your mind and the way it arrives is a well-placed thought. Warfare is in between your two ears. It's not out here, it's in here. And all of a sudden you're thinking, 
you know, I really need to get out of church. I'm messing up too much. I shouldn't be there. I'm not one to be there. And you thought that thought was your thought. But that thought was not your thought. That thought was a thought planted by the enemy of your soul. And he wants you to get out of church. Listen, nobody in here is worthy to be in church. We are made worthy by the blood of Christ. We all mess up. We're all growing. We're all maturing. So it's very, very important we notice, we recognize the devil and his attack. So if you're feeling condemned, if you've got that floating guilt, if you've got that floating condemnation, that did not come from the Heavenly Father. It didn't come from Jesus. It came from the devil. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, what can I do? How can I overcome that? How can I defeat him? The answer is in the very next verse, and I'm going to close with this. In the very next verse, after he identifies the accuser of the brethren, he writes, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Now that word overcame, I'm going to put something Texan in it. They whooped him. I'm serious. They whooped him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Catch this, their testimony. I'm a saved, blood-bought, spirit-filled child of God. There is therefore now no condemnation on me. None. And then I understand that the blood of Jesus is covering me. God sees me through the lens of those sun glasses, and I'm keeping short accounts with God. So there's no condemnation. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb, the power of the blood, the efficacy of the blood. I could go all day on the blood. But I want you to know that blood covers you. And by that blood, the devil lost the three most important keys he had. The key to death, the key to hell, and the key to the grave. It's gone. And now Jesus holds them. Amen. So can you say with me, I am positionally righteous. And experientially, I have given my sin to God. And there is no condemnation. Well, thank God we don't have to carry the guilt, shame, and condemnation of our former life including the sins we might commit in the now of our lives. You may not be aware that Life Talk has an abundance of resources available for you at our Life Talk website. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. And join me again next time as we continue our series on Disarming Your Giants with a helpful message on Disarming the Giant of Temptation. Until then, I really do pray God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff Wickwire of Turning Point Church and host of Life Talk Radio program. You know, one of the most valuable things I ever did for my ministry was getting my degree. And that's exactly why we launched Reach Bible College and Seminary at Turning Point Church. Whether you've been in ministry for years or just getting started, Reach Bible College and Seminary will help you reach your goals. 
Our affordable bachelor and master degree programs are designed to incorporate practical ministry alongside a sound theological education. So why wait until you finish your education before starting your ministry? For more information, visit us online at reachdfw.org. That's reachdfw.org. You can apply online and enroll for our next semester. That's reachdfw.org. So step out and be empowered in your ministry today. Disarming the Giant of Condemnation is the fifth message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Disarming Your Giants. You can own a copy of this 10 CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to LiveTalkRadio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Disarming Your Giants, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to LiveTalkRadio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wigwire. To find out more about Dr. Wigwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.